This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movie. This week, we are taking a look back at Ants to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Alright, now I brought this forward, meaning I'm going to have to do the 60-second synopsis. Sarah, do you have a timer ready? Yes, are you going to break your streak? Oh, let's hope so. I practiced it twice, and I succeeded both times, (laughs) but I might stumble and fall here. Let's give it a shot. Ready? Yes. Go. Z4195 is a worker ant that feels oppressed and wants to do more. Bala is a princess who is looking for a little adventure. One night they meet at a bar and Z becomes obsessed with seeing her again. He switches places with his soldier friend Weaver to do so, but ends up being sent to war by General Mandible, Bala's fiancé, who is trying to wipe out all soldier ants loyal to the queen. Z survives by accident and is hailed a hero on his return, much to Mandible's dismay. He is granted an audience with the royal court and meets Bala again, but she reveals uh, he used to be a worker. Having disrupted the caste system, Z is now a criminal, so he escapes, kidnapping Bala in the process. Bala initially resists, but forms a kinship with Z as they travel far from the colony and find Insectopia. Meanwhile, Manable rallies the colony to build a super tunnel, which, unbeknownst to them, will lead to a lake and will wipe out the colony. Bala is captured by Manable's troops and brought back to the colony. Z pursues and rescues her. They learn the plan, but are not unable to stop it. They do, however, rally the workers to build a tower of ants and escape through the top of the colony. During this process, Z and Manable have their showdown, and Manable falls to his death, drowned by his own plot. Film ends with them designing a new colony. Two seconds. You made it! Yes! Yes! First time win! First time win! (laughs) That was a lot of information. It sure was. Oh, and like, there's no way to do it where you cover everything in the story. You just have to cut a bunch of stuff out. I have to say, because we didn't talk about this last time, about like our memories, I cannot begin to describe how much I did not want to watch this movie. I've never seen it. And the only thing I could remember from my childhood was how much I never wanted to see this movie. (laughs) Like, it never interests me. I never wanted to see it when it was on TV, like, just showing I would skip channels because I just did not want to watch it. All right, we will get into that. First and foremost, let's go into long form. Um, So that's taken care of. Now, were you more of a fan of A Bug's Life then? I loved A Bug's Life. Okay, because there's there's no way we can talk about this movie without making the direct parallel, given that those movies came out a month from each other yeah. and the studios actually had lawsuits because they claimed that uh, one, Disney had stolen the idea of A Bug's Life from ants. I would say really the only thing they have in common is there are ants and the main character ends up with the princess. <laughs> yeah, but they are very similar. They now, are. one of the things... I know about A Bug's Life that I was looking in this movie for and was disappointed in is that A Bug's Life, they had to tackle really complicated animation issues because they wanted to show hundreds of faces showing the same emotion without repeating any face in a crowd of like a hundred different characters on screen at the same time. And they manage that because you get those long scaping shots where like the ants are angry at the grasshoppers. Yeah. And ants avoided this by uh, just in large crowds not showing faces or zooming so far back that you can't make any idea of what's going on in the, the background. kind of better to me because they have terrifying faces. Oh, let's talk about this. <laughs> I completely agree. It goes into like that uncanny valley. A Bug's Life, they didn't have teeth, right? They have teeth oh. in this. Yeah. Oh, that is weird. And there's- the other thing that freaks me out, though, is A Bug's Life got around this by just making them bipedal with two arms. The four legs oh, yeah. really freaks and- me out in this. It's almost like a uh, an andalite. And the very um, exaggerated, like, bug butt. And, like, oh, they had, like, yeah. physics on it. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> want to see it. Oh, it turns out in Bug's Life, they do have teeth, but they more have just, like, Kind the of, one singular? Yeah, where it's just like a whole row right across instead of like, mm-hmm. in this one, he kept looking and you'd see like, they kept 
emphasizing how he was showing his teeth and I could not stand it. And they had so, really, really distinct eyebrow bones and like cheekbones. Yeah. Oh, God, some characters more than others. And like with some of the faces, it worked well. But particularly on Z, he was very hard to look at. Uh, another thing that bothered me, which I think they had to have because this was DreamWorks' first animated feature. They're still trying to figure things out, uh, was the, the textures on their faces. Because they don't actually have like actual textures. It's one smooth, continuous surface. And, but they try to color it with the skin tone to give the idea of texture there, much like you would in, like, theater. Oh, yeah. But it only works from a distance. If you're doing a close-up shot of some of character's face, it doesn't work well. And definitely because it's a little less cartoony, it's a lot less rounded shaped like A Bug's Life is, mm -hmm. it hasn't aged quite as well. There's something about it that reminds me of, like, old PlayStation games, where <laughs> everything is yes. just... A little overly angular and uncomfortable. Yeah, it very polygonal. It's just everything is pointy, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, another thing. Oh, we're just gonna keep ripping into this film. Another thing that bothered me, especially at the beginning, was the sound bal balancing, because uh, especially at the beginning, people would be talking to each other. But in between sentences, it's just dead silence. Yeah. Sometime for a couple of seconds, which this is a colony of thousands of ants. You think it would be like a just outrageous I, amount of noise. I don't remember any real scenes, even in crowd scenes where there was any real background buzz. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. any sort of shuffle of noise. Like anytime there was a big group talking, it felt like they were either talking in unison or no one was talking. Yeah, and it, it's a real missed opportunity because this could have been a way to show a delineation between the colony, which is covered with people full of noise, and Insectopia, which would have been very quieter. Yeah, very because quieter. You're, you're very quieter, yes. <laughs> I'm good talking today. Uh, but another thing, the the colors, especially in the colony, they were so muted and so uh, like matted that I just... It was hard to look at and because you have the, the red and the orange of the ants just going around by the basic brown of the, the walls and the tunnels around and them. And sometimes there's some like gray and green. And I get why they do that. They're underground in dirt. That's what's there. But at the same time, it just makes it look like a blob of brown. Yes. Which is why I think A Bug's Life went for blues and purples that are a bit easier to look at. Yeah. And, that, and I think that that movie, I think of very colorful, very clean, very crisp kind of bright colors and mm -hmm. this just feels gross yeah now let's get into the characters because z is just woody allen i know now no, I, I don't want to say that woody allen played z z is playing woody allen i i wrote that's down, the character i got through the first minute of the intro and i had to go stop it and be like oh, this is just woody allen's life it's just yes like, if you couldn't see the animation, that whole first scene could have been any Woody Allen movie. Yeah, because it, it starts with a voiceover with Z in therapy, where it's just Woody Allen talking well, before you see anybody. And, and then shows, he, like, he walks on and off frame. Yeah, and it shows the New York skyline, and then the New York skyline turns into the grass. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had frozen it there, it's... And, and I have to say... I don't understand Woody Allen. I have never understood Woody Allen. I don't know if it's because I'm not a neurotic New York man in my, like, middle age or what. That could be. I don't understand Woody Allen. Yeah. So I – we're going to move away from Woody Allen and focus more on this film. I don't understand Z as a character. Yes, he is Woody Allen-like, but, like, he's not a hero – He's not an anti-hero. He doesn't seem to learn anything over the course of the film. He's very unlikable. Yeah. Like, in every situation, like, you're kind of rooting for him, but from the things that he says, you kind of don't like the way he handles it. And and the things he's talking about that, oh, my life is so tough, I, everything's awful, literally every ant in that movie is going to think, oh, well, I, my mother didn't pay attention to me because she had millions of babies. Well... Yeah, that's the same for literally other every ant. He doesn't have anything individual that his problem, and he just stumbles into fixing everything. And mm -hmm. even Bala says at the end, you're selfish, you don't think about anyone else. And it's literally true. He doesn't yes. even think about S Stallone's character, who does think about him constantly. Yeah, they're best friends, but he doesn't care for him. 
But yet, like uh, Weaver would go out of his way to help Z. Z couldn't care less about I, Weaver. I did like Weaver, and I think this is the most for both Stallone and Christopher Walken. These might be yeah. the most understandable parts they've ever played. Like I understood every word Stallone said, <laughs> and that has never happened. <laughs> I think it's because they get multiple tries. Yeah, they real they real toned down the accents on both of them, and it was great. But I I liked Weaver. He was he was like this lovable yeah. big doof. He was kind of like um Crunk. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree with that because you you root for him because yeah. Weaver doesn't really want to be a soldier either because there's no women uh, for him to pursue. He's he wants to be a worker because they get to hang out. It's a, a co-ed type of job. And he gets, it still gets to work on his, his buff muscles. That's the yeah. thing we need to talk about. <laughs> oh, we will be getting there. Uh, but I thought, like, Gene Hackman's character is pretty great oh, yeah, as the he was general. Great. I thought he did. I, I loved him. Uh, we have to talk about my favorite character, played by Danny Glover, Barbados. <laughs> I wanted him to continue in the entire film. Uh, so for those of you who haven't seen it, he is a soldier who helps Z survive the battle between the termites. Uh, and Z finds him later and he is literally just ahead. I wanted him to continue just being as ahead. ahead the entire movie. Just like sit on Z's shoulder and give him advice the oh, entire time. I, I loved him. And he he was great because he was like this this action hero who knew how to survive and do all that stuff but yet he found z weirdly amusing which was great yeah it's nice to have an audience surrogate someone who can tell you oh no this guy's hilarious i really enjoy his jokes where most of the time if you're just listening to z you're like god will he shut up and i don't i wish that the transition between him being like this like career military guy who who is confident knows everything and the switch into he's a head who's telling Woody Allen's character to like go do your own thing. I shouldn't have listened to orders. I'm like, but there was no evidence of him ever doubting orders or that he didn't like being a soldier before them. He seemed to love being a soldier. It seemed to be yeah. something he was really good at. And then all of a sudden he's like, it's awful. I shouldn't have ever done this. Give us a little hint of some of those thoughts before he's just a head. Right, because he was so excited to go for war and fight and die for his colony yeah. until he was near death and then decided, well, I guess my life was wasted. I did everything I wanted to do, but I guess it wasn't enough. Which also doesn't make sense because he knew he was probably going to die because he said that in his beginning, oh, what are we doing? We're going to, we're probably all going to die, but we'll overcome them with our numbers. And I'm like, so we already knew mm. it was, but, but Danny Glover did a great job. Oh, yeah. Like, his performance all right. was great. Another idea for Punch Up. How about, like, Z carries around the head with him, but he has to hide it. It's like, people don't think he's weird. But they have a scene where it's like the Romeo and Juliet scene, where Barbados is feeding him lines to try to get fall in love with Bala. I feel like Barbados uh, would... is wrong. Barbados. Barbados. Bar Bar Barbados. Yeah, I keep saying Barbados because of the Futurama That's another character. Thing. What is with all of these names? Uh, I liked everyone except for Z's. Because you have a main character of a movie whose name is literally Z-4195. Well, the most generic name you could give him. And I get that if, like, they, there's so many ants, they give them, like, generalized numbers. But no one else has that thing. Right. And not even the other workers, because his friend's name is Azteca. Which I don't understand where that name, Azteca, Weaver, like, none of these names go together. They're all, like, different themes that, like, they drew out of a hat. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, mandible, I get it works. That's a bug part. Weaver works for a bug, probably. Yeah, but yeah, but he doesn't weave. He doesn't, but like, it's better than Azteca. <laughs> yes, I agree. Though, oh, is, is Azteca a type of ant? I don't know. I don't know okay. ant stuff. Yeah, none of us are antologists. <laughs> we don't, we've never claimed to be. Uh, all right, let's talk about some of the plot here. Um, let's see. Oh, we need to talk about this scene. So very early in the beginning, uh, Mandible wants to go to the war. It's how he's going to get rid of all the troops uh, loyal to the queen so that his later plan can work. So he goes to get the queen's approval for the war. And this is the scene where the queen is sitting down a, a line of, I guess, nurses are just handing her a child. She holds it for two seconds and then just hands it away. I don't understand what this scene is for or what she is doing. Are we talking about the scene that I texted you about earlier? Yes. Yes. What? It, 
It definitely looks like she is breastfeeding those babies. But, like, she's doing it for all of two seconds I know, but per she, baby. Like, but I can't think of anything else they're attempting to show, because why is she, like, hugging the baby to her chest and then handing it off? Hugging yeah. the baby to her chest. Hand- like. But you gave a very good point that, like, ants don't do that. They don't. Ants don't have the mammary glands to even perform this. But I literally cannot figure out what else they are attempting to show in that scene. I think they're, my only thought is that she has to show some motherly love to these babies that she has just birthed. But there's so many, they only get about two seconds? Exactly. So uh, the way my brother described it for his children, I think it was kangaroo time, like skin to skin contact is important for babies. Maybe that's what they were going for. They did a very poor job. It it was a very confusing scene and I didn't (laughs) understand what was happening. So just so you know, Azteca is a type of ant. Yes. Aha, uh-huh. is Weaver type of an ant? Maybe is so. Maybe Weaver they're... type of an ant is what I just said. Maybe they are all. There is Weaver ants. Maybe they're just all okay. ant names. Okay, for... that that makes sense up until Z. Yes, it's it. They should all have. If if that's the way it works for the workers, they get a number designation. They should all have it. Yes, completely agree. Like. And I get that you don't want to show another Z, but maybe Azteca is A-315 And Azteca is her, her nickname. Like, Z yeah. is a shortened version. Like, mm-hmm. that would have worked. All right. But that same scene, we have General Mandible talking to Bala, who apparently has been betrothed to. Like, I don't know if this was just how arranged marriages work in this society, but they show no chemistry whatsoever. Well, she talks about they've never had a conversation. Yeah. My question, so, like, how did this get set up? Did he just talk to the queen? Does Bala have no say whatsoever? I guess. The other question is, why does an ant colony need an arranged marriage anyway? So, I That's not how agree. ants work. I completely agree. Um, so, Tori actually pointed this out to me this morning. They're all from the same mother in this colony, Meaning every relationship is incestual. Well, also, because they're ants, like, I don't think any of those characters should have been male. I think they should have all been female. I think that's how ants work. Are they like bees? Or is that bees? I thought it was the opposite, where there was very few females, but a lot of males. But again, we are not antologists. Or is that bees? Uh, That's an excellent question. You know what? Science is yet to determine. It's very hard to find the genitals on an ant. So I think everyone's just guessing that they are some sort of amorphous gender. According to Google, there are three types of ant in a colony. The queen, the female workers, and the males. Hey. Uh, The queen and the males have wings while the workers don't. And the male ant's job is to mate with the future queen ants and they do not live long afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so just there for procreation. So all of the worker ants should have been female. Yeah, all right, I'll buy that. Um, let's let's go back to the movie Thanks, a Google. bit. Let's yes, thank you, Google. So the next scene after this is the bar scene, which we have to talk about because apparently everything in this society is so regulated that like it hits six thirty, it's time to dance. And ants are doing what I'm calling white people dancing, which is to say line dancing. Um, I put it down as creepy cult dance. <laughs> There's that too. But also in the scene, we have to talk about what they are drinking because okay. they literally talk about drinking from the anus of an aphid. This was the point in the movie where like, it was beyond just Woody Allen. I got to the point where I don't know who this movie is for. No, all I don't of, either. All of the jokes are like they're not they're they're adult jokes, but they're not adult necessarily. As in they're inappropriate. They're adult as in it's like, oh, I'm gonna complain about my job. I can't find yeah. a girlfriend. I'm drinking beer at a bar, and I'm like, I. This doesn't relate to children <laughs> at all. I don't understand. Like, also, there was quite a bit of cursing in this movie for this yes. a movie about ants. I know I fought you on El Dorado mm-hmm. and Chicken Run being inappropriate for kids, but this just. I don't, I don't understand how kids would find any of this interesting. Like they talk about, oh, but they're all career girls, and they all they want to do is do their job. And I'm like, what sort of seven year old cares about any of this? 
Also, they're getting... I just want to be a career paper boy. That's all I want to do with my life. Also, multiple characters in this movie just get straight up drunk. Yes, completely agree. Uh, I have a note here, which I think this was a line spoken from Weaver to Z that he should stop, quote, bitching about his job. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to go back to the the, <laughs> the aphid beer I came up with some names for this. Do you want to take a crack at branding this beer? Aphid beer. So uh, mine are all kind of a um, same type. Uh, the first is sphincter swill. <laughs> I just want it to be like butt brew. Oh, yes. Very good. Uh, I also have anal ale and butt chugger. <laughs> like weird use of words that i'm like i don't think i knew what that word was when i was that like a seven at the age where i would have wanted to watch an animated movie about ants right yeah i completely agree later so later in the scene uh moving on we have where bala meets z oh we we skipped the wise old drunk man Ooh, with the five o'clock shadow wise old so we, we, we can come back to him uh, unless you have something very important. No, just, I, he I don't, does set some things into motion, and it's a weird, like, movie trope to use in this scene. The wise oh, old man at the Oh, this is bar. so full of movie tropes. We yeah. need to get into that as well. Yeah, because he's the, the wise old man at the bar who has seen more than anyone else. It tells the story of Insectopia. Yeah, like, Weaver literally says something about, oh, post-traumatic stress disorder will do that to you. And I'm like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but this is a colony with therapists. Apparently. So maybe maybe that's... So I want to get into Z's and Bala's relationship because I did not care about it the entire film. I hated both of them and I hated them together. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. The grossest thing that they do in this scene is the youch line. Youch! <laughs> yeah, because Z gets his foot stepped on and he says youch as you do, uh, but he can't just tell Bala, oh, I he stepped on my foot. He has to pretend, oh, I said this on purpose. You know, like people do when they're dating. This is a pickup line. You know how people do. And he keeps repeating it, trying to get sexier and sexier with it each time. And, oh, it grossed me out. And... I just, she didn't seem to care. I mean, she was there just because she wanted, she, she literally says later, I was slumming it. Yes. Yes. So this is after they escaped. Uh, this entire scene just proved to me how wrong these characters are for each other. Uh, so Bala says, I chose you because you were the most pathetic ant in the place. Also, he was the only one not dancing. Correct. Z responds, well, I was gonna let you become a part of my most erotic fantasies, but I guess you you can just count that out right now. It, the whole there is one good th- thing about that scene, and the orchestration at that part is really cool because, like, when it's all the cult weird dancing, yes. it's it's very this linear kind of creepy, like very yeah, I did structured not love that music. music at that point. Well, yeah. but then as soon as like. Uh, Z starts deciding to dance his own way, it starts to like break apart and turn into like the salsa music. And it's a cool way of the music mirroring the dance actions. And as soon as they get stopped mm-hmm. and the normal dancing stops again, it switches right back into that like creepy weird music. That, that horrible MIDI sound. Yeah. But it was a really cool effect. Just, I yeah. hated literally everyone that was doing this stuff. All right, let's compare this to a relationship that I actually did enjoy between Weaver and Azteca. I thought that was really, really cute. I did too. I why couldn't they have been the leads of this movie? Yeah, because like it's it's a an attraction uh, based mutually where they both find each other physically attractive, and, they, and then they, they start hanging out and they have things in common. And they, you know, like relationships. They tease back and forward instead of like one being obsessive and the other really wanting the other one to go away for the majority of the film. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see more of them, and we don't get a lot of them. I know they're great. Uh, and and I will admit the scene where she first meets him and she just like checks out his buff body for like two minutes yeah it's kind of ridiculous in a kids movie but also kind of funny Mm-hmm. mainly because uh jennifer lopez did great as like, yeah 
I liked her. She had really great, like, all of those inflections where she's like, oh, yeah, you really do have muscles. It's, <laughs> it's great. Like, it worked really well. And at, yeah. the, at the very end, when he tells her to go up to the top of the pile and mm-hmm. and she gives her him a kiss right before she leaves. I felt that one. Like, the yeah. other, like as opposed to Z and Bala, where it was like, well, I'm almost dead and you're the only guy left. I guess I don't hate you anymore. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Yes. I I wanted to see more of Weaver and Azteca, less of Z and Bala. This film needs to be rearranged. There's a separate movie going on I want to watch. Because I, I really, really disliked a lot of this movie. But most of this led, like, was squarely placed on the fact that so, like, it was just about Bala and Z and I hated them. A yeah. lot of the side characters I thought were great. But I couldn't get past the main characters to really enjoy it. So while we are on the subject of relationships in this film, how did you feel about the literal wasps in this film? I thought they were great. Yeah, I I genuinely loved them. That whole scene was really funny. Just because who who was the voices for those? It was Jane Curd, whatever. Jane Jane Curd, whatever. Curtin? Sure. Uh, Jane Curtin from like SNL and Third Rock from the Sun played Muffy. Yeah. Oh, and the other one was uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. So yeah. Also, weird fact. I just looked this up on IMDb. Dan Aykroyd is second build in this film. Huh. But it's it's like a SNL like Coneheads. Yeah. But they were so funny when they're just like, oh my my. Oh yes, darling. So, darling, do we have to slum it with these? Uh, walking insects. But but we have we have a responsibility to the poor, dear. Oh, fine. You you know how I don't care for your hobbies, but I do love you so very much. So whatever. <laughs> she gets smushed. <laughs> she does almost immediately. They straight up murder her. <laughs> and then he comes back as like an alcoholic. Yeah, because he got drunk on soda, which I thought was a really neat touch. Uh, oh, it- I. I wanted to see more of these characters, but yeah, you're right. As soon as we meet them, uh, the wife is immediately s- smushed by a fly swatter. I wanted to say flisher squatter because that's something I said when I was little. Anyway, um, and then we only catch him at the end where he brings Z back to the colony. Fear. Like, that's another separate movie I want to watch in I, this movie. I would watch a movie where they just go around giving food and makeovers to poor people oh. while being like passive aggressive and backhanded compliments i would watch that movie a hundred percent it's a much better film uh like i cannot imagine uh why they thought it was a good idea to focus on the worst relationship in the film anyway i want to talk about something else in this film because they do it a lot and it it kind of freaked me out because my, my fear of spiders has been well documented. Now, there's no spiders in this film, but another fear that I have is fear of swarms. And every time the ants form themselves into a geometric shape really <laughs> freaked me out in this film. Because they do it when they, they form a, a wrecking ball. They do the tower at the end. And even the uh, the military forms that they formed when they were marching off to war just triggered that in me. It made me cringe when I saw it. Oh. Uh, it, it just it was another part of the film that was really hard for me to watch. Did you notice all of the product placement at the picnic? Yes, yes, I did. Because, uh, and it wasn't, what I noticed was like, even at the time, these were not the top brands in their individual category. Because you had Pepsi and you had Reebok. In I saw this. Mountain Dew. Yes, a Pepsi product. Yes. So, uh, you know, they're not getting top build sponsors of Coke and Nike. They're going with the second tier for this film. I'm just so used to, like, like in Disney films and a lot of those, it's just Coke or it's some, like, yeah. universe brand. Like, Pixar does that a lot. They have their own universe, like, pizza brand, stuff like that. Oh, right, and, right. And so that's why it so stood out to me, the big Pepsi can. I was just like, oh, it's a real name. It's a real company name. Yeah. Yeah, really weird product placement for this. But, I mean, it wasn't technically out of place because you would definitely see this at a picnic. It's not like they they had a billboard in the ant colony, which would have been completely unheard of. Oh, another thing I want to talk about because it's very important to this film, 
do ants sleep? No, they don't. <laughs> That's what the internet told me is that ants don't sleep. <laughs> so it's... It's important because Z approaches Weaver when all the soldiers are sleeping, and that's how he goes off to war. And also, they they sleep like the night before they find Insectopia. Well, maybe ants do sleep? Do ants sleep? Do ants sleep? Sarah Googles it. It says, yes, but not in normal sleep pattern. They take, like, mini naps? But it might depend on the ant species, and we don't know what kind of ants they are. They're just creepy ants. Interesting. So you brought up tropes before because we had the trope of the guy at the bar. Another trope that even at this time was overused and not particularly well in this film is here's an alternate society where we've set up these very clear rules. Here's why all these rules are bad. And isn't it better if all the characters move towards more of a democracy? Because you had a very poorly defined caste system where you have the workers, you have the soldiers, and you have the royalty. And even at the beginning where they're deciding who's going to be a worker and who's going to be a soldier, it's completely arbitrary. These babies look exactly the same, but one gets a pickaxe and one gets a helmet. There's there's like no middle ground in any of these societies. It's like, this is the worst, most like dystopian city ever. And the other is like, a hippie commune where they're just sitting by a fire and eating mm-hmm. food. Yeah. So, like, I didn't really love the world building. Like, they... Because it's not a very complex strata. They have two levels. You can be one or the other. But isn't it better if everybody does everything? And it's just really boring to me to, because to, they didn't fully flesh out this world. To bring it back to A Bug's Life, like, there were different groups of people. Like, there was still the royals... But they interacted more with each other. And the reason Flick wasn't like wasn't necessarily like he was the low end of the totem pole. The problem was he just kept doing things that caused trouble. Right. And he kept trying to improve things with his new ideas and they kept backfiring on him. And and it might be the fact that with this one, the the danger was coming from within. Whereas with the bug's life, the danger was coming from the grasshoppers. Yeah. And so you could have a little bit more of shades of gray in your society because they still had to be the good guys at the end of the day too, even if they mm-hmm. were having some problems. Whereas this, it was just like, but they're like, oh, this guy is super bad and he wants to kill everyone and stuff. Well, the rest of you weren't so great to start with either. Yeah. And like, it goes back to the poor character design of Z because he wants to have a new lot in life, but has no idea of how to get there. Um <laughs> Sorry, there was a, a bug in my paper. Um, so oh, good. He wants a new status in life, but like he has no skills. He has no idea how to achieve his goals. Uh, and he just comes up with the weirdest ideas that don't work. So like your lot in life is this way because you're not talented enough to change it. Well, and there's not necessarily anything better. It's not like well, I'm stuck here, but I could be better somewhere else. Like being, they even talk about being a soldier isn't necessarily better. Everyone dies. Being a right. royal isn't better because you have to give birth to a million children. Like there mm-hmm. is no good place within this ant society. So you're just kind of like being miserable and he isn't doing anything. He's not, it, I hate to bring it back to Bug's life again. Yeah. But, but Flick was trying to change things by doing stuff, by making right. stuff, by improving stuff. He, Z was just complaining, you oh, know, this isn't good enough. I could have better. Right, exactly. But he doesn't do anything to deserve better within the the structure of this story. He is a very selfish character. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's... Okay, Um, another thing I want to talk about, going back to the picnic scene, a scene that I very much enjoyed in this film was the shoe scene, uh, where a human steps on Bala, and she sticks to the gum on his shoe, and... um, she would be totally Z, dead normally. Yes. Z tries to save her and has like swing on a shoelace and gets stuck in the glue or glue, the gum as well. I thought like the action was good. It was yeah. a nice change of pace. It was very exciting to watch. It was very kind of like Indiana Jones swinging on ropes, jumping. Yeah. And I, I didn't initially love the way they got out of it because they do it through no fault of their own. A person uses a coin to scrape off the gum and then throws it away, but it's a good way to get them to Insectopia because the person would throw this gum away towards the garbage, and that's where Insectopia is. Insectopia is just the land around this poorly kept garbage can. Which, well, and originally they think Insectopia is the picnic, and then they're like, no, it's not. It's over here now. And I'm like, 
I don't care about this. I don't care. Like I don't it was care great. about you or your choices. It it's great for because you get the wasp scene and you get the shoe. But really, other than that, there's no point for them to mistake that for being the wrong. Like for that being insectopia. Like it's just so they can have a couple gags and right. move on and do the same thing right over again. Yes, and have a montage. Though, though I did like. The, the difference between the picnic and Insectopia is that the picnic is human food, and so naturally they've protected it from bugs. So yeah. it's, it's something that looks really great and appetizing, but something they can't access at all. And I think that whole scene with him like trying to break through the saran wrap would have been better if there was less bug teeth. There's a yeah. lot of bug teeth in that scene. <laughs> you have a real problem with bug teeth. I do. It's uh, like when birds have teeth. It's not normal. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, so after this, we get the fun scene of another scene that should not be in a children's movie, where they straight up just tie up and torture Weaver. Yeah. For like, until he is like totally beat up and bloody, like... It's this weird, like, political thriller scene where they're just beating him. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about this because they're beating him up. Uh, one, because he is a worker that has gone... Or no, he is a soldier that has gone to a worker side. Uh, two, they're trying to figure out where Z and Bala are. Uh, but the the way this resolves is uh, Gene Hackman knows where Insectopia is somehow. Um, and... They just let him go back to work. If they're trying to send a message to the workers not to switch sides and to do their job, they should not have let a soldier go back into the tunnels. And they let Azteca go, too, because they, they have her as leverage. Right. Which, again, I cared more about that because yeah. them I actually liked. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only thing I can justify here is maybe Gene Hackman was trying to get rid of Weaver, and the best way to do that is have him digging the tunnel that kills society. Yeah. Oh, I have a note here that just says tight ass. <laughs> I assume that means someone said it. It was a line at some point okay. and I wrote it down because I wrote down a lot of like the cursing lines because I'm just mm. like with question marks after it. Being yeah. Like, Why? Seriously? Seriously. All right. A note I have here, which I had to go back and figure out what the heck it meant. Uh, it has to do with... Um, the lore of Z after he leaves where they talk to Weaver and they suddenly realize, oh, we don't have to do work. Uh, and they start rioting against society. My note is, is this communism? <laughs> oh, that was, a, that scene brings up another scene earlier that we didn't talk about that I thought was unrealistic, but kind of interesting was the magnifying glass scene. Oh yeah. That, that the, leads... Uh, the deus ex machina that saves them from the guards. Yeah, by destroying the guards who are just following orders, as we know, because... Now, I, oh. I want to point this out. So, they have established how dangerous the outside world is to ants. You go outside and people are frying you with magnifying glass. You run into a praying mantis. There are bugs that want to kill you out there. The end of the film... The entire colony is outside, and their home has been destroyed. Yeah, there are definitely some other bugs or, like, yeah. a lizard or something that'd be like, yeah, right. buffet time. Right, but at the end of the film, they're just like, and we lived happily ever after, even though the entire colony is in danger right now. Yeah, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to talk about Bugs Life again. <laughs> bugs Life again. Whereas, like, Bugs Life, they have, like, warning systems. Yeah. So, like... There's a bird, you hit the alarm, and everyone goes inside. Like, it seems like no one has ever gone outside. There's no talk about how they got food, because ants go out and get food a lot. Oh, right. Yeah, they just kind of had it. Whose job is that? Like, because you have the the army that trains all day and then yeah. does, like, fighting the termites, and the mm -hmm. workers are drilling holes. Like, who is getting the food? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I have no idea. Uh... <laughs> Also, why is their general in charge of designing the tunnels for the builders to build? He also has a degree in architecture. Jeez. Oh, excuse me. He went to Antu, the only college in this colony. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go on to the third act, uh, which involves uh, Bala coming back, Z coming back to save her, which again is something where Z 
this could have been an interesting scene because Z is sneaking into the colony to save Bala. The way they handle it is he just walks past every single guard saying, well, I'm on the way to this thing. You can't stop me. Like, there could have been a stealth scene here. There could have been a scene where, like, he was climbing on top of things, crawling around, you know, like an ant. But they just decided to do the most boring thing possible. For having this be where, like, everyone is prob- might, might die and it's being fled and stuff, nothing interesting happens in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like- yeah, because even... Uh, when he goes to save her, he doesn't save her. She throws something out the window, breaking the window that she escapes from. And in the end, when he's trying to talk to the people, Tunley, and be like, oh, don't do that. It's not like he's like, there doesn't feel like there's any urgency in this scene. He's just no. talking to them. And the reason it breaks through isn't because he's like, oh, stop. No, and people are still working. The guy just throws the pickaxe. Yeah. He just, he hammers it in. Apparently they were less than an inch away from the quote-unquote river. I just... Yeah. So, the tunnel floods, their entire mission has failed. The one good part of screenwriting, like, if you cared about this relationship at all, is they give them good reason to split up. Because Bala has to go talk to her mom to rally the troops to try to get them out of there, and Z has to go into the tunnel to stop them digging and both of them kind of fail. I think the only interesting part of this scene is when the queen is like, and everyone moved towards the exit in an orderly yeah. fashion, and everyone just riots, and she's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. This is unacceptable. But uh, that's Anne Bancroft, right? That's the I think queen? so. And, and she's great. She's great, too. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the queen, because everything except for this final scene, we see her in the throne room, and I presume she had a larger body because she was busting out these babies every second. Yeah. So for most of the film, I just assumed, oh, the queen can't move. She's just stuck in that room. Well, she's on the balcony at that one point. Because that's the way, like, an ant society works, is you get a chamber for the queen, she stays in that chamber. But no, apparently she's been able to move this entire time, has just chosen not to. They should have just made her, like, a huge fat blob. Yeah, though that would have been really hard to climb up a tower at the end. She would tragically die like the wasp wife, and they would have, like, this moment of silence and be like, we have to move forward for our dead queen. Now, I want to talk about General Mandeville's plan, because uh, his plan, they build the tunnel, water goes in, wipes out everybody in the colony. He's already got him and his workers up top, so they're going to be fine. But he leaves Bala behind. His whole plan is that he's going to start a new colony with her as his wife, and he leads behind the one person who can sustain the society he's trying to make. there's no female ants in that group. Yeah. Because it's him and the soldiers. Also, at some point, even if it did work, even if he got Bala, I mean, he has all soldiers. If you're really going to restart the colony, some of those are getting demoted. Yep. Yep. Which, you should do that. Oh, my God. Because, like, you put one wor- you put one soldier ant in the worker tunnels, and he can do the work of ten workers. Just have, like, an exchange program where you cycle them in and out. You'll get your tunnels built way faster. Yeah. Call them, like... You can tell the soldiers it's like this is your workout plan. Yeah, yeah. just get go, real buff. Go and Do haul some dirt. Re- I mean, we uh no, shoot, what's his name? Weaver? Yeah, Weaver loved it. Was that uh yeah. yeah. No, no. Wait. Yes, wait. Sorry. I confuse Weaver with Cutter, which is um Christopher Walken's character. Yeah, okay. Cutter yeah. is I he's one I almost liked his character. Yeah. I just I don't feel like there was enough moments showing him being uncertain about Mandible's plan. Right, because he is giving Mandible information and is, you know, somewhat questioning it, but he has, like, two scenes, and at the end, he's very important, because that's when he stands up and saves Z from Mandible. But, like, the whole way that this is dealt with is, like, it should be Z versus Mandible, and Z should come up with some sort of plan where he can overpower him somehow because Mandible has the upper hand and body strength. Z comes up with no plans this entire right. movie. Right. Cutter saves him and Mandible just falls to his death by hitting a rock and Z falls into the water and I couldn't care less. I guess I would have been fine with him just biting the bullet at that point and him being a sacrifice for the society. I feel like 
every situation is like, here's this really tense situation. How are they going to get out of it? Oh, well, it's victims now. Yep. Yep. It's just, it's just fixed. Yeah. It's the, it's hard the, to watch and there's not great story structure. The only plan that seems to have any thought to it is them building the tower because it's a callback to earlier when they built other structures. Yeah. But you know what? Z doesn't even come up with it out of the blue. He looks over and sees a smaller group of ants doing the exact same thing yeah. and succeeding. So, so he like, doesn't even come up with that one. No, he comes up with nothing. Uh, though I want to talk about, I want to go back to a thing in the beginning that I actually enjoyed. Did you catch the the elevators in the society? No. Okay. So at the beginning, they're going through the um, the the colony, showing this is how ants live. They have uh, the top of an acorn as an elevator with like ropes and a pulley system. And the way this elevator works is they get on it on a floor and then it just drops to the bottom and all the ants explode out of it. Like that's the way it's designed to work. Now, I don't know why they didn't come into play for this final scene. You could evacuate so many more ants with this elevator system. I There also is not a very consistent thing about how much damage certain things do. Mm-hmm. Like, because... Mandible dies by falling down the hole onto the thing. Yes. But that was probably similar damage to, to the amount of damage literally anyone else gets in the movie. When the wrecking ball explodes at the beginning. Yeah. When they get stuck in the shoe. Yeah. Like, any of that stuff. That should not have killed him by the rules of this universe. Yeah, you know, ants have that exoskeleton, which should have came into play there. Also, really small things. It's harder to kill them by dropping them. Yeah. It's like... It, it's a terrible way to resolve it. He should have been, I don't know, stabbed with one of the spears that a soldier was handling. It should have just been like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I cannot begin. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Oh, wait, there's one more quote okay. I have to. Okay. There was one quote that was another one where I'm like, who is this movie for? And the quote is where uh, a Barbados says something about superior numbers will over... Uh, whelm their defenses and kill the queen. And the line is, uh, hey, fellas, that's, you're being a little extreme, I feel. Why don't we just try to influence the political process <laughs> with campaign contrib- contributions? And I'm like, who is this? Also, looking at this line, I am reminded of the thing I hate about Woody Allen's delivery of anything is there are so many ums and ahs and restarting sentences. Yeah. Like, there's no clean delivery of literally any line. Mm-hmm. And they just kept it all in because it's Woody Allen, and he's already yeah. made a name for himself. Uh, but anyway, end of the film. They're all outside. It resolves with a fadeaway, uh, and they reveal they've been next to New York the whole time. Could that not have played any part in this film? Because I just, I feel like it was... I don't know if they cast Woody Allen before this was done or what, but it felt like, oh, we have to have it in New York because it's Woody Allen, and it's right. Woody Allen is known for New York. Oh, all right. But he's an ant. <laughs> yes, he's an ant. Why don't you build up your society so it looks like New York instead of just giving a quick cut of, gla- of grass early in the film? Anyway, oh, this movie. <laughs> all right, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game. Something where you take two properties can come before or after this one, smash them together, and make this movie uh, in the form it's this meets this. So, starting us off here, because this is a film with Woody Allen playing Woody Allen, living life in the big city, quitting his job, and starting a relationship with someone wrong for him... Uh, and it follows a member of an insect colony abandoning the one job he was born to do, traveling outside his home, but ultimately returning to save it. It is Manhattan meets B movie. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a little hard because I do kind of have both of these things. <laughs> ah. Um, because I I want to get the obvious one out of the way. That is yeah. because it is a a movie about ants meets. Woody Allen, it's A Bug's Life meets literally every Woody Allen movie or his life. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, speaking of his life and how very weird it is, uh, I looked up Manhattan for the thing that I just did. Uh, in it, it takes Woody Allen's character divorcing and getting into a relationship with a teenager. Like, it is... So you mean Woody Allen's life? Yeah, it's art imitating life in a really creepy way. Woody Allen's movies always have... This might be the... Like, the only Woody Allen movie that doesn't have a really weird age gap between the romantic leads, and that's just because they're ants. Oh, goodness. All right, my second one. Since this is a movie with a rogue military official starting a war, a movie that ends with a design for a new underground society, a movie with fighting in the war room, and a military musical theme of the ants go marching, uh, and also a property... Featuring an adventure on a small scale, featuring a large ant and a bee as characters, it is Dr. Strangelove meets Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, okay. Um, because this is about some leaders in society deciding that death is for the greater good. Hmm. And a movie about insect, an insect that wants more for his life, it is Hot Fuzz meets the Bee Movie. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah I, I thought, I of- thought it would be Hot Fuzz. We should maybe do a thing where, like, somebody gives the clues and other people guess, yeah. make it more of a game. But yeah, because awesome. every time he said it's for the colony, and I'm like, it's for the greater good. <laughs> the greater good. The greater good. I'm like, it's that. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, all right. Let's move on to our second game, which is alternate tagline. So, a word or phrase you would see in the movie poster for this film, uh, kind of encapsulating the theme, but totally missing the point. All right. So, I'm gonna start off again with um, probably my worst one. But whatever, it is ants, don't be afraid to do no work and never change. Mine is terrible because it's just (laughs) ants. The revolutionary movie where you can watch animated movies as a middle-aged man. (laughs) Uh, All right. Ants, small characters, minuscule plot. Okay, this is the one I I told you about earlier that is a bad music joke. Oh, good, good and great. Ants, they came in like a wrecking ball. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, all right. So this is the design for this next one. So it's a movie poster with no other text except for this. And maybe like it has the the cast on there with the Woody Allen. You got the princess. You got Weaver. And it just, to its audience, it says, do you want ants? Because this is how you get ants. (laughs) Very nice. And of course, both of those ants have Z's in them. Oh. It's very important. When did this movie come out? Um, Late 90s? 97? So this came out uh, in October of 98. So Z's were still a thing. Yeah. Uh, It was was a sad time in our history. Oh, we'll get into that. Uh, So I have some facts about it and a bug's life. Um, But let's go on to our third game, which is... um, the TV Guide Game, a description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV Guide or Netflix description. Hopefully, again, us missing the point. Um, so, because you only have one, I will also go start first here. Um, so, Ants is a movie where a low-level worker prevents an uprising that would have taken an oppressive caste system out of power. Mine has some similar things. Mm-hmm. Mine is just Neurotic Man Disrupts Military Coup. Yep. Pretty great. Get to um, the point. There you go. Uh, let's see. So the second one, Ants is a movie where a young princess abandons an arranged marriage that is completely wrong for her to start a relationship with literally the first man she finds who is equally wrong for her. That doesn't miss the point. That is the movie. <laughs> uh, maybe it finds the point that they didn't intend. All right. But my um, so I looked this up. So, which between Ants and A Bug's Life, which do you think made more movie or made more money? Excuse me. I want it to be A Bug's Life, but I feel like it is this movie. Okay. It is in fact A Bug's Life. Yeah. Do you know, do you want to know how wide the gap is? Was uh, it really big? So, Ants, total box office, made $90 million. A Bug's Life total box office made $162 million. Good. Okay, so on a similar note, which do you think 
has a higher rating for critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Now, Pixar films generally do fairly well on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, but I ran into this with some old films that I've been watching lately. The people who review them are only the people who have seen them, and I think people would be very nostalgic for this film and might skew that rating. Uh, so, again, I hope it's a bug's life, but I fear it might be Ants. Critics ratings, Ants gets a 96% fresh, oh. and a bug's life only gets a 92. Oh, that is so Luckily, wrong. Oh, I looked up so many reviews where people were giving this 10s out of 10s, 9s out of 10s, and I'm like, am I crazy? Yeah. Am, am, have I gone nuts? Luckily, audience score, it's 72 for a bug's life and 52 for Ants. So. Okay. Yeah, I could see this doing well with critics because, like... Because critics are neurotic old men? Yes, and, like, Woody Allen is probably really enjoyed by them. If you like Woody Allen, you'll like this film because he's just the character. The <sighs> only Woody Allen thing I've ever seen that I've liked mm -hmm. was Don't Drink the Water. I haven't even seen that. Did you not go with that to us to that? Oh, wait. Oh, right, right, right. It we was saw the play version. It was the play. Okay, yeah. I was thinking a movie. But like, yeah, that was pretty good. It's because, like, he's crazy, but the world is set up against the craziness. That's and interesting. And he's not necessarily the main focus. It's all of that family is the focus, not just him. Yes. And his wife is the same age as him. <laughs> that is important. All right, let's go on to our reviews. Our first review scale is that of the potato scale, something that will give you an idea of the emotions this film will invoke in you. So, Sarah, why don't you start us off here? No, I won't. What was Ants in terms of potatoes? I don't know because I haven't pulled up anything. Perfect and or great. <laughs> <laughs> I really should remember to do this before. Yeah, that's all right. Um... So it may surprise you, but I'm going to go five guys. No, I'm not. That's that'd be the oh, worst rating. You would be like, this podcast <laughs> would be over. Uh, so, all right. I've got an open. I'll go ahead. Um, goodness gracious. I think potatoes with eyes definitely fit this, but that's also suggesting that it was good in the time <laughs> it premiered. Yeah. Uh, so potatoes with eyes would be spoiled with age. I definitely don't think this holds up if it was ever good to begin with. Uh, but I'm also going to give it a raw potato because like the color scheme, the character design, it's all pretty bland. I, I agree with the raw potato. Like nothing was interesting. The way they solved problems wasn't interesting. Most the, the characters they focused on weren't interesting. Um, but I'd also give it a hash browns, which is couldn't finish it. Mm. I did finish it, but that's only because we're doing this podcast. If I was just watching this, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have stopped watching it about 10 minutes in. Oh, I wouldn't even got that far. I would have stopped <laughs> during Woody Allen's opening monologue. <laughs> I, I mean, I did. I literally shut it off and had to go say something to someone about what is going on with <laughs> this movie. Is this movie just Woody Allen? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. All so right. yeah, those are my two. All right, let's move on to our second scale, which is a rewatchability scale, a scale from zero to ten, telling people should they go back and watch this movie. So what did you give it on that scale, like a, Sarah? A three. Yeah, I'm... I gave I give it a three for the background characters and like a negative seven for the leads <laughs> and the creepy faces. Like, do not watch this. No, I would say don't go back and watch it either. Uh, I might give it slightly higher because, like, the things they did with the geometry of the ants, while it freaked me out, it was interesting animation, something that I don't remember seeing and have not seen since. Um, the background characters were good. The the two main leads, I couldn't care less about, but everyone else is pretty great. Uh, I'm going to give a point just for Barbados. I wanted to see more of him. Uh, and I'm sure there was another thing. I'm giving it a four. It's just... Unless you're maybe, like, drunk off of aphid beer or something, you don't need to go back. Like, it's not worth it. You mean butt brew? Butt brew. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's going to close off our reviews. Uh, so, let's see. I think we go right into plugs now, unless I'm forgetting something. I don't think so. All right. Go ahead. 
All right. You can find us at our Facebook page, which is Retrograding Podcast. Or you can find us, obviously, at the website, which you might have found us at, at retrograding.fireside.fm. And it would really help us out if you want to give us a like, a review on iTunes, if you want to share us on Facebook, if you want to hire us a skywriter. Yeah. Any of those things would be great. Uh, also, we're starting something somewhat new. You should have seen it gone up for Chicken Run uh, two weeks ago. It is uh, on our Facebook uh, group, I think, because you can't have polls on pages because Facebook is dumb, uh, which is Retrograding Party Line. We'll be posting uh, in a poll all the taglines that we do, so go and vote for your favorite one. See who can win the week with our taglines. All right, but we're going to close things off with the final section, with this, guys, I learned something today. Something that was very clearly stated in here, which was great for the main characters, but as a human being, I had a problem with it. So my lesson is simply, don't litter. I mean, this is how you get an insectopia. I mean, maintain your parks. This is where people go to have fun. This is where you go to take your dog. So come on, take a little civic pride in yourself and clean out this garbage can. And don't let the mosquitoes set things on fire. Very much preferably, yes. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you next week and keep an eye out for clues on our Facebook page as to what movie we will be doing next. We will see you then. Yeah, probably. I didn't do well this week. Oh, no. I I had, oh, I just couldn't. So your numbers aren't bad. Do you think, like, your content is bad? Oh, just terrible. Cut and print.